welcome to That's Just Ridiculous, which is a half-hour podcast weekly with Paul Fryer and me, Guy Kenaway. Uh, this is our first ever podcast episode. We, we did two trial ones in which we tried to work out what we we're going to talk about because everyone said we had to go into a niche and we listened to some other, I listened to some other ones actually, Paul didn't really listen to them. And people tend to get into a niche. So we, the niche that we're choosing is anything we want to talk about. That's, that's the kind of, that's the, we're, we're confining ourselves to anything that we want to talk about. And um, we're in my house in Somerset in uh, the village of Pilton. And um, let's kick off then. What should we start? Can we start with gay conversion therapy? Do you mind talking about that? Because it's been a little bit in the news. And I I hadn't heard it was in the news. (laughs) Haven't you? No. I've I've had plenty of gays try and convert me. (laughs) That was my job for a bit. To me, it seems like a totally acceptable activity. What? Two consenting adults, both pretending one one pretending that they don't want to be gay, both pretending they don't want to be gay, both fairly likely gay, and it's like a very nice, beautiful opportunity of about repressed sexuality and kind of weird fucked upness, and they should be allowed to get into a room and just you know and have a stupid charade. That Are you one's talking about talk- us, guys? <laughs> talking about me and you? Yeah, well, actually, it's terrible you should say that, Paul, because remember the episode we did on the MDMA. That yeah. was what we, we did a recording. Well, it wasn't on. actually. Um, you never heard. No, it wasn't. It was Sassafras. Sassafras. And that was a bit <laughs> gay conversion therapy. I was shocked actually. Yeah, I didn't really remember it. What about how gay we both were? It was. It was, and how repressed, and how, and how the drugs. It was just. I had to look away when I was listening. Did you? Yeah, I, I, I never sent the tape. Here, I never sent the tape to you. No. No. No, it was it was pretty tough. But anyway, did you destroy the tape? No, I've got it. Of course, I've got it. Of course, maybe we'll release that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excerpts. Yeah, exactly. Unplugged. But uh, no, the government has to have made are going to make the activity of gay conversion therapy illegal, so that people are not allowed to have a course where they can basically, you know, talk you out of being gay. And to me, that is, that's going to stop a lot of fun for a lot of people and their government have no right to get involved in those kind of basically obvious sexual games going on. Obviously, they shouldn't be forced to go on it. I don't think anyone should be forced to go on them. But if there's consenting adults, right, in for private. goodness sake. But usually, though, it's, uh, it's something to do with the church, isn't it? And, or a church. No, well, y- is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> fairly obviously, I would have thought. Yeah, it's usually a religious thing, and it's like people don't want to be gay, so they uh, they have to... Um, they Usually what they do, it's like the end of Clockwork Orange, where they put Alex Delage in the chair and then show him pictures of sexually arousing um, items, and then they electrocute him, and they have his eyes pinned open with those... Those funny, uh, those funny kind of reverse scissors. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. I and think uh, that's what it's like, so I don't know if that's for It's unlikely to work, isn't it? In fact, it's quite likely to have the exact opposite effect. I don't know, guys. Sitting around talking to someone going, you, you know, you're not gay, don't worry. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. What a bit, no, but what they do is they put, I've heard what they do, is they have pictures of men. P- penises, and then, penises. They, and then they electrocute you. No, yeah. What, and that's, and that, and that's is, meant to put you off. There's a bar above your knob, basically. What, and that's meant to put you off no, no. reaching for the bar? No, the bar, no, the, <laughs> no, the bar has, has 10,000 volts going through it. Yes, obviously. Like, you can, an, inse- like, like an insecticide. That's no. an incentive 
<laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> no, what happened? And it's the Pav- it's Pavlovian, isn't it? So they can condition you to do anything because they. Can, I mean, for instance, they conditioned Sir Hans Sir Hans to shoot Bobby Kennedy. Did they? Yeah. How do you mean? Well, the CIA conditioned him to shoot Bobby Kennedy. What? What they asked him to? Are they convinced him to? No. We call that persuaded. No, no, they used um, techniques. Oh, yeah, what kind? Of, not with the ten thousand, with penis and the ten thousand. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like um, um, Darren Brown did it with Stephen Fry. He didn't get, he didn't condition Stephen Fry, but he, he got like two hundred guys in a room. They were men mostly. Who? He, and what they did was he just got. He found out by a winnowing process who was the most psychologically su- suggestible, and then well, he got it down to two of them. And he, one of them, he said, "Look at this tank full of cold water. And it had all ice in it." And one of the guys put his hand in it, and they both put their hands in it and said, well, I couldn't get in there. And then he hypnotised them, did that sleep thing. And then they both got in the tank, and one of them sat down in there. Like He said, how does it feel? He said, well, I can't feel it now. I don't know why. And it went on from there, and then they gradually conditioned. They took him on a shooting range, and they had key words that they said, and they, and he showed him some polka dot material, and somebody handed him a gun, and he said, now you're in marksman mode, and you're the best marksman in the world. Bam, bam, bam. And he said, and then they took him to the theatre where Stephen Fry was playing, and Stephen Fry got on stage, and a girl with a polka dot dress sat in front of him, and someone said this key word, and he put his hand in the middle of his forehead like that, and that meant he was he did it, not the person he, in other words, the shooter yeah. did this weird thing where he put his hand in the middle of his forehead, and then he took the gun from the case that was open in front of him and just and unloaded into Stephen Fry, if you'll yeah, pardon yeah. the expression, <laughs> and um, Stephen Fry had blood capsules and everything, and died on stage. So as far as the guy was concerned, he just shot Stephen Fry. Everybody else in the room was in on it. But he thought he must have shot Stephen Fry. Because there was no, no one had told him. Yeah. And they said afterwards, what did you think? And he said, well, I don't really know what happened. Yeah. So I just remember being at the shooting range. Yeah, I, that's obviously. exactly what Sir Hans, Sir Hans said. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think that's total bollocks. Because I, 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 I think I was wondering when that was yeah, going. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Because what happens is, is that you start off thinking that you're in some little hypnotism show and you want to, and like all, like most people, not me, but most people, when they see a camera or microphone, they were there, they become compliant and they want to do what the director says and they want to help the show and they want to, there's a large audience and everyone's willing each other on. Mm. And you find that you're quite good at it, that you can get into the bath, whatever. And, and although you say, is it cold, is it cold? You can say, oh no, it's not cold because it's such a great answer. It's, I'm feeling fine. Yeah, what what kind of answer is? No, it's really cold. Suddenly Darren Brown looks like an ass. All the cameras go down. The producer shouts, cut. And they go, hold on. Get that guy out the bath. Whereas if he goes, oh no, I can't feel it. No, Suddenly, the man's a bit of a star. I get in the bath. Then they go, Then they go, you're going to a shooting range. And you go, all right, let's go to the shooting range. You think, this is a contact. I mean, the incentive to go along with it is... So massive, Paul. No. Uh, and uh, the, the guy, and he he's got a bit of a dick. The guy looks a bit of a dick. So <laughs> how do you explain that? Who <laughs> <laughs> would want to look a dick on national TV? He didn't yeah, I'm the dick that's programmable to go and shoot somebody. I can, you know. I'm no, no I'm not soul. saying. I'm not saying he's doing it out of vanity. He's doing it more out of uh, fear of letting people down and of wanting to be wanting to go along with a with a, you know with a large production. And that's how a lot of film directors work. Just, they, they, they get, they get people into situations that, and that, they say, darling, just take a top off or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is. But that's why people want the sex reversion therapy that you're talking about. It's exactly the same reason. Because they want to go along with things and they want to please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, you think that Robert Kennedy was killed because someone was... was uh, CIA MKUltra. You it's really think program. the CIA were up to an operation as, as, as complex as that? They seem to me... You haven't read they, that book yet that I sent you, even though I read that insanely boring book that you sent me, which was a complete exercise oh, I have in... Not, but you've not sent me a book. No, I, well... What's it called? Maybe I forgot. It's called, it's called The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles and the CIA. No, you haven't sent that to me. Genius. You have to read it. You haven't sent that to me. It will well, change. Yeah, your but opinion. you see, you're 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 someone who believes that the uh, that CIA is a sort of um, well-run uh, and uh, you know organised and sort of precision operation, which you know which is which which hardly ever fucks up. Nothing goes wrong. I, as I see it as as a ramshackle, a uh, uh, redneck kind of drunken, stupid vanity project that just goes from one cataclysmic disaster to another with that we're showing absolutely no understanding of politics <laughs> of, of uh, you know, of, of, of eh, what's that? CIA badge. A CIA. <laughs> As issued to field operatives. It's cool, isn't it? Well, how come you got that? Can't tell you that. It's classified. <laughs> Why did you just peel the top off it? Because I don't know what to stick it on. What do you stick? You can only stick it on one thing, and there's no for it to go in my wallet. Oh, it's on the back. If no. you were clever, you wouldn't go in the CIA. That's like it's the first sign of stupidity. Come on, Paul. I'm, so you see, you... MI6 are all stupid as well, and MI5 they're all stupid. In a way, yeah. In a and way, all yeah. the people that work at um, GCHQ. In a way. In a way. In a way. Certainly, the ones I've met. I you uh, the ones I, I tell you what I know about GCHQ because I was brought up in Gloucestershire mm. and some of my friends now live around Cheltenham in that area and they have neighbours, for instance, who so work at GCHQ. So really they really made a point of, of, of hiring thickos then, did they? No. But you look at their lives and you go, that's a stupid thing to do with your life. Well, of course you do. Because one of the things is, the one of the things is, you can't talk about what you do, even to your wife at GCHQ. I, we, we know, I know one person whose parents were at GCHQ and they couldn't talk with each other about what they were doing because they were, they were on different grades well, and all that. Isn't that interesting? Now, that is a stupid decision yes. to make about but life. Isn't that interesting? That's that a stupid <laughs> fuck. You cannot tell me that's clever. Because that's one of the things that you always say to me makes conspiracy impossible is that people would talk and then you sit there and say these people <laughs> refuse to talk about anything even to their own wives so I kind of got you there didn't I <laughs> yes um, also perhaps this is the moment we ought to say that if you want to ask us a question and it can be any question about anything or if you want us to give us a topic of conversation questions are good though because We've got all the answers here. Can we not, guy? Definitely, on definitely. Any, or at least just try us. I mean, seriously, on any subject, you name it. Not only will we answer it, you will you will be amazed at how insightful we are. And the, anyway, the email address is Sonic Landfill. So it's S O N I C L A N D F I L at gmail.com. Sonic Landfill at gmail.com. And uh, at this moment, I think it's time for our first um, um, question from the mailbag as they like to call it, in Radio Land. This one's... <laughs> I can't do this one. Stop this. <laughs> you stop smashing nice. Yeah, no, you, you, had a you went a bit American, actually. I did, yeah, I'm wrong. sorry about that. That's well, okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Look, you know, I like its youthful exuberance. Who's it from? It's from Vashko in Armley, in Leeds. Okay. And he writes... Do we have to... Okay. Dear Guy and Paul... Haven't we got anyone better? We've got... One more, but it's... Oh, OK, 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 we'll have one from Leeds. It's obscene. Well, just obviously... Um, the, one, the other one's just... No, don't worry, let's go from Leeds. Go from Leeds, let's lower the tone of the programme. OK, so it says, Dear Guy and Paul, mm -hmm. my girlfriend is really scared of spiders. 
I have a pathological fear of dying alone. Is there anything that you find scary? That's from Vasco. Right, right. Yeah, well, you, you're... you're... I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything that I don't find scary. You don't find scary. Yeah, I mean, I'm just scared from the moment I get up to the moment uh, long after I go to bed because I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm definitely serious, and I my entire personality is just a smokescreen <laughs> to try and convince myself and others that I'm not terrified. <laughs> and my and my complete life is just a drama played out. <laughs> with one plot, I which is this, this is fucking terrifying. I had no idea. How am I going to get through this and I not um, fuck up, not fall off the edge, not disgrace myself, and not disappoint people, and not disappoint myself? At every moment, all of that lot is going through my head, and at every moment, um, something terrible could happen, and or has happened actually. But I've not been told about it. Right, <laughs> just, just so you were just looking at you. I'm serious you're when I said that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not playing to gallery. That's, that's pretty serious. That's really true. Yeah, and, and I've even got to the stage where it got so bad, it's not so bad now, that I sexualized fear hugely. So when I got really, fr really frightened, it, would, it, would, it, it started feeling sexy. And a lot of people with, uh, you know, so with, with sex addiction problems, as I had, have. Uh, uh, sexualize odd emotions pain was very common joy is more is, you know sexualizing joy happiness is considered uh, uh, quite functional quite reasonable you know a couple are happy together and they're feeling sexy but actually it's just sexualization of an emotion there's no real reason so what are you saying? You why to, it should be attached you can't but, sexualize anything well you you can sexualize the, yeah, the well well no I don't you know I don't know but certainly it's I I, I noticed that I I'm not alone in feeling quite horny in dangerous situations. But hello, everyone's like that. Aren't they? No way, no way, no way. It's I've not are. met any women. I've not met any women. It's are. really. I've well not met a single woman. People. Women I, that I have met, and I've not met very many, and I don't know very many. So I can't talk generally. Obviously, are sexualized by safety, by kindness, by security by wholeness, by, you know, those kind of things. Over to you. I'm what? too scared to go on. About fear, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what I mean, about Vasco? What's he saying? What did he say? What, what frightens you? What about his sister who's scared of he said spiders? He She's not scared of spiders. She's he said, scared of loads My of girlfriend is really scared of spiders. I have pathological fear of dying alone. That's what he said. But I've never seen dying as anything but a release, a merciful release. Oh, and I've killed myself very often, and I tell you who I kill myself to, that's the parking authorities and the speeding authorities. I've often sent letters uh, posing from the executors of my will, saying that, uh, that I died subsequent to getting the speeding offence or the parking offence. Have offense. you actually sent those letters? Yeah, 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 and I've got off every single one. Every single one. Now, I don't do it with speeding to the British police because I know that they can find out I'm alive. That's a cruel offence. But, yeah. but, but I don't know about that. I do it, and well, I'm often in France, and I, have, and I, I'm, I write a kind of Molesworthian uh, French letter to them saying that, that, that Mr. Kenaway, Mr. Kenaway died. And the last one I said, Mr. Kenaway died 23 minutes after receiving the speeding <laughs> ticket. You know how right you were. He should have, you know, he should have paid attention to, you know, to that, to that, to that. The speed know, limit. Speed limit. Exactly. But you said that you'd actually wiped yeah. out in the car. 
Yeah, no, I said that I went through their sign saying, you know, Ralenti, slow down. And then I said, there's no money left in his estate to pay for the fine, unfortunately. But there's possibly, he's, he, he, the state is owed some royalties. And if they could instruct the French gendarmerie of the region of Tarn to buy his book and to leave positive comments on Amazon, they might raise enough money to pay the fine. <laughs> and I said, also, would you sell us cheap the sign that he ran into, the bent one, saying slow down in French, because we're trying to raise the money to buy a, a gravestone, and we thought we might use it instead of, uh, you know, going running to... You didn't say yeah. yes. All of this, and off it goes, and you don't hear anything back, and I think some Frenchman somewhere goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So, but the point I was making is that I see death as, like, a lovely release easeful, like slipping into some dark sea, into a velvet, into a velvet cloak, not as a horrible, ah, frightening, uh, uh, wrenching from life, yeah, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, a beautiful... But what about the moment, the actual moment? Let me go, baby. No, because I've been in, I was in bed one night, I didn't think I was scared of death at all, and then I was in bed one night and I was like, I woke up in the middle of the night and I could hear my, sometimes my heart beats really hard. It's a bit weird. I don't, I'm being investigated at the minute for it. They don't know. Don't. Don't problem. investigate your heart. You give yourself well, a problem. I am. I'm having my blood pressure taken every day. Oh, don't. Well, I've got to go. You haven't. me all. All right, okay, okay. So anyway, so they've got, so, sometimes it's just like, and one night, this is honestly the truth. I woke up and I sat up in bed and I was listening to my heart. And I thought, oh, God, it is so bloody hammering. I just wish I'd let me go to sleep. And I was irritated. I wasn't frightened or upset. I was just like, for fuck's sake, calm down. I need to go to sleep, you know. And then, as I was listening, it just stopped. No, you just couldn't hear it. And then it started again for about that long. And I just in that gap, I was thinking, fuck. It was just long enough to think. It, I, my heart stopped beating. I wonder how long it is now until, until everything goes away. Until, and at that moment, I realised for the first time in my life that that is quite a scary moment. That actual moment. Not the bit leading up to it. Certainly not the bit after. But the actual moment itself. Unless you do something to blur it. Well, you know, it's normally illness that blurs it. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're just sitting absolutely fine in bed and you keel over, then that is a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. Yes. But you know, I I definitely think that a lot of problems would be solved by my death. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the problem the problem of living for a start. Indeed, exactly. Because living is really quite tough. And I and it hurts to think that people would mourn me. I have been writing, Paul my own elegy at the moment to be read at my funeral. <laughs> Anywhere I talk from beyond the grave. <laughs> Why didn't you record it? Record it? <laughs> yeah, you're right, I should record it. We could have freak everyone out. We could have passages of music and everything. Do you know like when William G. Robinson goes home in um, in, in Soylent Green, a movie which I'm a bit obsessed with. You are. <laughs> Soylent Green. Have you seen any of the people? There's people. <laughs> but there's this bit where Edward G. Robinson is doddering old geezer he shares the place with. Says, oh, I've got, I, I, I've decided I'm going to go home. And he goes, no, no, do that. Don't do that. And he comes back from work and he's left a note saying, gone home. And he goes to this place and they play him um, The Rite of Spring. 
and he sees pictures of deer running around and everything, and then they put him on this big chair and whack him up with some lethal dose of muck. And, of course, Charlton Hesty arrives just too late to save him. And um, I think, I don't, I'm not sure, I think he goes running after his body, but it's too late, it's gone down the conveyor belt and is being made into soil of green. And that's when he finds out what soil of green is. It's people! <laughs> it's people! <laughs> anyway, it's really worth seeing, folks, if you've not seen it, soil of green. That's S-O-Y-L-E-N-T. Don't ask me what it means, nobody knows. Um, what do you mean don't ask? You've just said that you can be asked anything and you know everything. I don't know what Soylent is. Okay, well don't ask that question. That's, too the, well, question. I've already answered That's it. the only question you're not allowed to ask. Well, right, what I can is make Soylent? a guess. I can obviously make a guess, but well, it's the name of a corporation, so you don't really think about it. It's not relevant. Okay, all right. Anyway, so... Don't ask us that question. Thinking about it, I don't think it's a worry that... I mean, as you say, life is hard, and that's what that movie's about, in a way. It's about the fact that everyone's going through this daily struggle just to survive, you know. I wonder if people are, some people are exempt. Do you think some people are exempt from the travails of life? I think probably some idiots are. But if, you, if you've got three brain cells, you're in trouble. Well, that's um, what I always used to say. If you want, everyone used to go, are you happy? I used to get old friends, or especially old girlfriends in the front, and say, yes, but are you happy? Because you were always so unhappy. What, they said that to you? I've had it more than once, a lot of times. They said, well, are you happy where you are now? And I just used to say, yeah, because I would think, actually, happy, what the fuck does it mean? The happiest people... Well, we know what it means, but it's pretty irrelevant. The happiest people on this planet have got Down syndrome. Well, that's kind of what I think, but I'm not sure that's true. But we it's know, true. But we know the point we're, we're, we're making. But Is that too bad that I said that? Well, no, I don't think so, but I think, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know anyone with Down syndrome. They're very so happy. I don't want to. I used to work with people with right. Down syndrome, yeah. voluntarily, and they were very, very happy, yeah. much happier than we were. Yeah. Certainly, uh, a lot of thinking does tend to cause a bit of anxiety and a bit of uh, a few problems. But that got me thinking, maybe but that's that is okay, the because thing. happiness is absolutely a totally uh, futile and stupid objective. The, uh, it's like saying, I only want to see the colour blue in my life. Life you liberty know? and the pursuit of happiness. Well, that's an extraordinary... I don't think they understood that uh, phrase when they wrote it. Because, uh, the, for a start, the word pursuit is a really ill-advised word. That you ha is the most unzen way of getting happy. You, know, you couldn't think it says so much about the, the American <laughs> exactly the American character where you have to pursue happiness rather than just be happy. You know? So that so that it's a very ill-advised phrase that. And also, you know, it's not about being happy. It's about being all of them, isn't it? All of them, all of your emotions, keeping them. All buzzling on together, like a crazy little happy little family. And all happy, crazy little happening, busy little family. And all underpinned by fear. No, fear's just one of them. But with me, it's got too big in the family. He's like, you know, he's like the boss. Bully. And I don't really, f and uh, I can feel passion, but uh, shame. Well, when, 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 when I was at the Meadows... You had to do this thing called a feelings check. I don't know if we just did we discuss it in an early one. What's where, the, meadows? Where, uh, the meadows is a rehab facilitation. It's a psychological, it's a, it's a grade one psychological um, institution. In What's the grade States. one? It's where it's where people can go who have got criminal records. I don't think what is it? It's not what grade did you one. do, guy? I, I I was just a complete idiot. I had not done anything criminal. 
But one of the things they so did was every eight hours you had to go to the nurse's station, which is like the reception, and you had a feelings check, and they'd go, they'd get out a clipboard with your name on it, and you had to say, <laughs> no, no, listen to this, and and you and and they said there there are there are eight. They have got their paper here. Shame, guilt, pain, joy, um, passion, anger. Indifference? No. Um, Absolutely not. You were not allowed indifference. All right, then. Uh, that's, that, that's six. There was maybe one more. No, you weren't allowed that. Hunger, you weren't allowed either. Right. I go, that's a feeling. I'm feeling hungry. Anyway, but, and you would... No, nausea, no arguing with nausea. And you, and you, no, no. And you would, and you would arrive there and they'd go... Hello, guy, what are your feelings now? And you would have to Nausea. go, I feel pain or I feel anger. And you would just say these things and then tick the little box and then off you'd go. And eight hours later, you'd have to go back. And the whole, everyone in the whole facility, it's a grade one facility, psychological facility, would, would, everyone was doing this having, and having their feelings checked all the time and they're all being put on some tabulated. And you weren't allowed to say, I'm fine. You weren't allowed to say, I don't feel anything. They'd make you stand there until you looked inside this crazy, in my case, a knitted, knotted ball of confusion and try and pull one strand out and look at it and go, it's fear. I feel frightened. I feel ashamed. I feel... And after about three about or four weeks... or horny or... Um, well, I think that... I think tired, because that's what I normally feel. Yeah, I don't know quite how they'd argue that, but there was no messing around. They said, no, you've got to feel one of these. I guess if, if you're feeling tired, look a, let's say look a bit deeper. Look a bit deeper. Are you feeling sad? Maybe you're feeling sad. But if you're, fe and if you're not feeling sad, if you're not... You, know, you, had, you had to feel one of their emotions. I mean, for Christ's sake, it was a programme. Get with the programme. And uh, a lot of people did fight it and would, would, and would dispute their... their their list of emotions but I didn't I thought I'm with the program let's go with it and it was really a good thing for me to just sit and go oh actually I've got these emotions and I've never said to anyone a total stranger I feel frightened and you never had to say why they weren't interested in why they say you don't say why you just say what you're feeling feeling and it's called a feelings check feelings check and they used to go guy have you had your feelings check and you'd go and have your feelings check and after a bit I really liked it and I came back and I introduced it's it to insane. my family. And I introduced it to my family. My kids were absolutely appalled. Really and they weird. thought I was absolutely, completely bonkers. It's like Sesame Street or something. It's so useful. It's the best thing. How That's what should happen at, at school, at university. There should be feelings checks for these kids. Where they can say, I feel angry without doing anything. Without having to come up with a reason why. I feel sad. Anyway, I feel frightened. That's all that, that woman who's frightened of, of, of spiders is saying. But I can't find a way of saying it, except it's okay to say I'm frightened of spiders. It's just a code for I'm No, that's frightened. not right. That's, that's completely incorrect. Spiders are, um, have their own phylum. They are not related to any other creature on this planet. They have their own little section. They are arachnids. And they're, evolutionary speaking, they don't really belong here. And they probably came here from another planet inside oh, a meteorite. God, oh, God. And that's why people have a real aversion to them. I don't. I don't. I love them. So when you say people, when you talk about... Certain like people. Everyone but us. Some people. The arachnophobes. And I don't know, maybe it's some kind of race memory because maybe they had, like... Did you ever see that episode of Doctor Who where they got in touch with those spiders from another world? 
and they were like a big, a giant spider. I am not answering that question. Appeared in the middle of the room. It's a serious question. It was called. The you cannot use Doctor Who as Planet of the Spiders as, as was, evidence was, in an in a, in, in it's a, not in evidence a, in the kind of level of on the level of debate that we're trying to sustain. It, it's not about it's that. Not, it's not evidence. It's the, it was called the Planet of the Spiders. The Doctor was Tom Baker, and a giant spider materialised in the room, and they were real, and they were from another dimension. And nobody knew at the time that they were real or from another dimension. No, they were on a fucking TV show. They're, they're stupid graphics. They're not real or from another dimension. Yeah, but actual spiders probably are. That's the, that's the reality of it. Oh, fuck, I can't deal with this. No, I'm serious. No, no, no. What? And what's another dimension? Why do you think David Bowie oh, called his why band Sp the Spiders? This is why Mars. it's called Landfill. It's all, all <laughs> Sonic Landfill. Because it's total no. shite. No, it's not. Guy, listen to me. They're from another planet. No, well, where do you where? think? You where do you think life came from in the first place? It didn't come from here. What you think? Leeds. Some amino acids got together in a pond. Is that what you think? Well, like like all the other greatest thinkers of the world. Yes. No, that's not true. What happened was it, it, <laughs> there were some chemicals. There were some chemicals on the surface of this planet, mm. and then meteorites came down and dust from uh, frozen stuff from from space. Which had the the elements of life inside it, and then lightning strikes hit the earth, which which changed their nature, and that's probably where life came from. So the very essence of life itself is extraterrestrial in nature. Oh God, you got to meet Dave. You can. You, you it's true. Do fucking look into it if you don't believe me. Uh, uh, Seriously, do do your research, man, before you start like slagging me off off the cuff like that. <laughs> Just because I said spiders might be from another world. Spiders, spiders are from Mars. Why? Yes, that's what I said to you. Why do you think David Bowie called his band the Spiders from Mars? Because spiders are otherworldly. Otherworldly. Other. No, you've just said everything is otherworldly. Well, yeah, originally, original life is not. Whether the spiders or anything else. Don't you say it started from a lightning strike on a bit of dust? No, spiders, spiders.